Welcome to a brand new episode of Release Your Roar. Raw conversations with inspiring guests that dug deep to become a success. Use this episode wisely. Let it activate you and release your roar. Here's your host, author, speaker, executive coach, and founder of Becoming a Lioness and All Resource, Crystal de Leon Sarmiento. Hey guys. Hey everybody. First thing I've ever said on your podcast is an hour is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> the first words that came out. Oh my goodness. How is everybody out there? Let's see who all joins. We are just now starting our live in-person um, podcast interview with Jeremy Brown. Yeah. Who is We started 30 minutes ago. Let's be honest. We did. We did. We had the battery fiasco. Oh we gosh. had the mixture fiasco. We had the mic fiasco. But guess what? We're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. We're so excited. I'm so excited to um, to not only have him in studio because a lot of my guests, because of COVID, are away. They're, you know, they are somewhere else in the world. And so having Jeremy here is a super treat. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to bring him on specifically at this time in December is because when we start looking at 2021, we're always trying to think next year I'll do it. I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll put that dream on the calendar on January 1st. It's go time. You start thinking about your dreams and your goals, but you always want to postpone them. And naturally for us as humans, we want to take the, the path of least resistance, which is to set things for tomorrow. Honest to God, I'm super guilty of that. And so <laughs> Me too. <laughs> How about I'll start on Monday? That's my favorite. No, oh, on Monday. No, no, no. We have to start now. <laughs> start now. And so what that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring him on because if you do not know who Jeremy Brown is, now you do. And <laughs> officially. officially you know who he is. And secondly, let me introduce him formally to you. Okay. So I'm this gonna... is always super awkward, by why? the way. Why? Just... Someone else introducing you? Yeah, it's so strange. <laughs> my wife, uh, I went in and spoke to my wife's uh, class. She's a professor. And um, and and I was like, okay, well, give me an intro. Let's see what you got. So she starts like rambling. I'm like, no, stop. This is weird. I don't oh want to hear all this. You're you know? like, it's, it, it feels weird yeah, for most just... of us to be introduced sometimes. Yeah. And it's and 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 there's a lot of pressure when you introduce somebody. Because uh, no you pressure. can either make or break the introduction. <laughs> well, and, and so so in full transparency, she said, well, you know, you sent me your bio. I said, yeah. So she pulls it up. She starts reading, and I'm like. Oh, that's in there? Like, I don't even know what she's about to read. So I uh, may need to go back and redo that after this. I love it. Okay, guys. So what I want to be able to, to introduce to you is a three-time Ironman finisher. See, Two, it's already weird. Oh, my gosh. See, he's already. No, take the credit. Take the credit. 250 mi 253 miles in 24-hour bike race. He's done the Bandera 100K running race. 100K? Yeah. It's coming up again Seriously? here in uh, four weeks. Yeah, I got it again. Oh, my God. 16 hours. Qualified for Western States Ultra. The one-day Mount Whitney Summit where you guys climbed up to Mount Whitney. Yep. I think I saw that picture. Yep. I'll be sharing that just to, like, make everybody know you can do it. <laughs> and 200-mile bike ride. And it says husband, father, coach, and friend. And that, to me, is what's most impressive is, yes, he has all these accolades. Yes, he's been able to accomplish things that – Superman accomplishes, right? Let's be honest. Who does that? But, 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 but to me, it's super important to be able to bring to my listeners and also to his what's behind that, because it doesn't require let's superpowers, right? But right. it does require 
mental toughness and Correct. mental mastery. Correct. And when I was reading his bio, bio, he discussed a little bit about what his philosophy is. And that to me resonates because it's almost the same philosophy that I like to live off of and that I always bring to everybody is about the power of our mind, about how we can really tap into how we were, excuse me, y'all talking fast here. <laughs> Slow your roll, Crystal. Okay. Um, how we can tap into our inner self. We were already created with it. And really it just takes some self-discipline, some goals and some sometimes hard ass coaches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to and, get us there. And to go to that, my mom told me, I remember when I was very young. My mom told me that you'll never learn to fly if you're not grounded. Mm. And the dichotomy of that is a kid, you're going, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But as I get older and you do things and you experience things and you live life, you know, you sit here and you go, you got to be grounded to do anything. Definitely. You have to be grounded, you know, and, and to speak to the other thing you just said was, you know, I think there's, there's three things and that's preparation, dedication, and execution. Preparation, dedication, and execution. And execution. So peel the layers back for that. Yeah. Because a lot of the times when people talk or they throw out a quote, you're like, oh, it's fancy. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But what's the depth to that? So the depth is, is those are the three things I think are, are key foundational people. You know, and, and you know, this morning I just did a, a presentation for a, a sales team and it was on, are you comfortable? Or are you happy? And and how one Ooh. can be a mask for the other and, and really try, try to raise the question within them. I, I, I'm, I don't set out to provide answers. Mm. I set out to create questions. Same. Because exactly. when you go seek that answer, you go, oh, I got it now. That's exactly how we operate in coaching. Yeah. And a lot of the times, and I'll just add drop. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But when we're dealing with executives, I have, I, I coach international executives. I'm, I love what I do. And sometimes it can be intimidating when we're sitting in, in front of someone that has way more degrees than you do. Yeah. But when we have, I guess the art and the skill of positioning a question, it's cre it's intended to get them to react and really follow the depth of that question and not right. be the know-it-alls because a lot of the times, People, they're the top of their class. They're the top of their class. Yeah. And they get in, we get in comfort zones where sometimes having somebody from the outside ask us something that is really shocking will get us to realize, therefore, change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, right in that same vein is, you know, the, the preparation, you have to be prepared to do anything. All that crap that you rattled off that I did, it takes <laughs> it takes a decent amount of preparation. Yeah. Right. You're gonna have a baby. It takes preparation. You're gonna change jobs. It takes preparation. You're gonna move. It takes preparation. Set up a podcast. It takes a lot of preparation. A lot right? of preparation. <laughs> it's not as easy as you guys and think. So, um, uh, you know, all it takes preparation, and, and once you get your preparation, which can be goal setting, preparation can be just setting the goal, mm. and and then you got to take it a step further. You have to dedicate to that preparation. Mm -hmm. You can prepare all you want. But if you don't dedicate yourself to something to move forward progressively, mm -hmm. here's the deal. We're not sitting static every single day. Mm -hmm. Today, you either move forward or you move backwards. That's right. Tomorrow, you either move forward or you move backwards. There's no, I'm the same as I was yesterday. We're always different, always dynamic. And so, you know, and, and so you have preparation, uh, dedication, and execution. Mm -hmm. I don't care how much you prepare. I don't care how dedicated you were. If you can't show up on game day and hit that jump shot, or close that deal or whatever, mm. none of the other two steps matter. So each one needs the other one to, to actually function. Mm. And I think that's what a lot of people mess up with when it comes to this goal setting, like you're talking about. You know, we set goals and it's a completely different talk in the goal setting, but it's it's we set these goals and sometimes the goals aren't far enough to stretch us. Sometimes they're too easy. So you don't really have to dedicate to get to them. And you get there and you accomplish this goal, but you're left feeling a bit flat. Right. Wow. So, so why do you think that is? People are scared. 
Straight up, people are scared. Why? Why are people scared? What are I, they afraid of? People are, people are afraid of two things, winning and losing. Right? <laughs> we are on the same. I know. We are I, that's on the why same we're here wavelength. right now. They're afraid of two things. It's very simple. There's nothing else to be afraid of. 100% right. Because that's, I, I've learned in, in dealing with, you know, coaching people and in my own life and stuff. What stops you from pursuing your dream? Fear of failure? And self-sabotage, the fear of what if I make it and I just can't handle it. Those two things will stop you. So why? Why sit there and and self-sabotage, right? Because it's easy. Because it's That's easy. That's the easy thing to do, to sit there and set yourself up for failures and pitfalls along the way. Because then when you hit that time, you're going to go, see, told you. Told you I wasn't smart enough. Told you I wasn't strong enough. Told you I wasn't whatever. And, and you prove yourself right and it's easy. I can prove myself right every day of the week. The path, the path of least resistance. That's right. That's so right. I want to, um, something just came to mind. Um, you know, my daughter, I, she's obsessed with boxing. Yeah. Eight year old boxing girl, which, which, you know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree <laughs> right. because as a, a daughter being raised by a single father, when I was little, for whatever reason, I was obsessed with Rocky. Rocky's like my favorite movie to this day. I think you know that we talked about that. So when my daughter started to show an interest in boxing, I was kind of, impressed right i was like hmm, okay we can do this and for those of you that follow on facebook and instagram you probably see a lot of it but i've been posting a little more of her you know her training getting and stuff it. and i think Not it's just so training. adorable <laughs> she's so adorable and she's really dedicated she's like pumped she gets ready she's got all her stuff ready before it's time i've never seen this kid more passionate about anything than this and she's done acting and singing she's done a lot um, but this, for whatever reason, it's triggered passion in her. So this weekend, I thought, you know what? It's rainy. We're going to hang out on the couch, give myself, you know, some downtime. Yeah. And she's been asking to watch Rocky again. But for whatever reason, I found Million Dollar Baby. I'm not sure if you guys have seen that movie. I remember watching it hmm, 15 years ago, 16 years ago. And I remember just this feeling inside. I don't remember the details of the movie, but I remember having this feeling of like, that wasn't a good movie. I didn't like it. Right, right. right. Here we are 15 years later. I'm like, let me show my little girl this boxing movie with this amazing female boxer, right? And also drive home the fact that it's not just punching a bag. Like you will get hit in the face. It's going to hurt and you <laughs> oh, can't yeah. sit there and yep. sissy. you got to fight back. Yep. But you have to also have self-discipline. There's beautiful things to it. So we're watching the movie. Clint Eastwood, phenomenal. And it goes to like the climax. She's winning. She's winning. She's winning. But you know, Hollywood's prepared us. There's like this method. It's, it's coming down. It's coming down fast. Like <laughs> it's, it's going, going up fast. It's going to come down hard. Yep. And I remember watching the ending of it and thinking, this is so ridiculous. Like who wants to watch a movie where she's actually, you know, I'll, if you haven't watched it, I won't spoil it, but well, I have to spoil it because now yeah, I open that the door. Right there. <laughs> the story ends there. She ends up in the hospital. It wasn't her fault, but it was, you know. But the moral of the story was that she took her shot. And even though she lost everything in the end, and yep. it's a brutal way to go. I mean, brutal. I, I just don't wish that on anybody, literally anybody. Um, she took her shot. Yep. And a lot of us, because of fear, will always have that dream. Yep. And we'll tell ourselves subconsciously without actually thinking about it why we can't get there. Yep. 
And to me, I sat there, I was so mad and I'm glad Abby didn't finish watching it. Like she was bored the first 10 minutes, she was outside. I was like, thank God. But it really hit home because when I'm talking to people, I realized that when I posed the question, what is stopping you from achieving your dream or setting the plan? Most people weren't ever told that they can dream. Yeah. Most people wake up, go to work, and they're just living. Follow the rules. Follow the rules, make a living, and die with a dream in their heart. And that's success. And for some people, that is. And that is. For some people, that is the way. But what about the other folks out there who have that passion, have that dream, but are in between making it happen and being, what do you say? Remember the other day? Mind right. Well. Get your mind right. Why wouldn't you? Oh, why wouldn't you? Right. That's, I think that that it's is that question. That is honestly the, the question that I think if, if you ask yourself in any situation, there will be times where you go, here's my reasons, A, B, and C as to why. Mm-hmm. But once you, once you make a statement, once you vocalize something, it becomes real. So if you verbalize that right. you're not good enough at something, that's going to eat at you because it's not your subconscious mind. It's not hanging out in the dark shadows anymore. Now you so brought it to the forefront. Once it's to the forefront, it, it gets energy. Mm. And that you can eat away at that over time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sometimes there will be things where you go, here's why I wouldn't, you know, well, you know, you gotta, why don't you just change careers? Well, why wouldn't you? Well, here's the reasons why. And sometimes they're legit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're fabricated, you know, and that's, but it, once you give them life is when you can decide, you get the chance of discernment to go yay or nay. But typically if you ask yourself that in a situation, I tell a very quick story. I had a friend of mine uh, years back that, you know, he was training with us, good friend of mine. And, and, you know, everybody's kind of razzing about why hadn't he done an Ironman yet and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And he keeps giving us these kind of little him hauling around answers. And, and uh, we're sitting there at dinner one night and my wife looks at him and she goes, why wouldn't you do it? Mm. And he sat there and he goes, well, I don't have a reason. Wow. Guess what he did? He so he did it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where that, that was where that came to life was I watched someone who took a mere, uh, just a mere questioning on their reason for something mm-hmm. and it changed his life. You know what I mean? He's in the just best shape of his life. He's 50 years old. He's in the best shape of his life and just is thriving. And it's mm-hmm. all because somebody dared to stand up and be bold and say, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? We're asking you. I mean. You got a dream? You got fitness goals? Anything. I feel like today, especially December, people are already, you know, quarantine pounds, quarantine this. The old quarantine 19. The old quarantine 19. <laughs> and we're looking forward for fresh start, yeah. all of us. We're looking forward to 2021, good riddance. People are counting down the days, like I said, waiting for 2021 to put their dreams and goals. And here's something that I just don't want you to sit back and wait for. Don't wait for that vision board event that you're invited to, to get you all motivated to pull, you know, dreams from the internet or your phone or Google from an image that's going to tell you what you want. Those images are in those magazines as marketing, right? Now they can be useful and they can be powerful, but how about you start now? Write that list down, put those words down. That's what I like to do, right? Like right now is what I'm challenging you know, the people that I'm working with, the companies, do it now. Yeah. Start executing now. You'll see the change, right? If you just make that decision, verbalize it, and actually write it down. There's something so powerful when we take that first step of courage, yeah. I believe, to say, this is what I want, verbalize it. Take a few minutes, right? To just let yourself 
come up to the surface, have your own voice, because so many of us are inhibited. Our voices are inhibited. We're told not to say, look around the social media, what we should or shouldn't be doing. There you go. Someone's telling us what goals we should accomplish or we're comparing ourselves. Well, a lot of Ironmen are super competitive and that's a good thing. I mean, it can be a good thing. It's a fault though at times. <laughs> I mean, you look around, you're like, you're in the best shape of your life and you're complaining because you didn't do A, B, and C on this run yesterday. Okay. So it's a like, for it's- those of you that don't know what an Iron Man is, <laughs> because I'm sure there's some of you out there that don't know what it is. Stupid idea. <laughs> for me, I'm just like, Mm-mm, who does this? I cry on long runs and, and rides. I'm, I literally am like, who does this to themselves halfway through? But there's a method to the madness, and there's, there's a reason why. Tell me about that. First, tell me what the Ironman is. So an Ironman is uh, technically, by definition, a, a 2.4-mile swim. Uh, and you go, and then you get on your bike, and you ride 112 miles. Wait, wait, wait. You ride your bike 112 miles. <laughs> yes. And then you run a marathon, which is 26.2 miles. And then you run a marathon. Yeah. yeah. 26.2 miles. You know the beauty of it, though? Here's the beauty. So you're talking about goals. <laughs> One setting. day. Here's the beauty of it. Yeah, and the swim will take anywhere from 50 minutes on the fast end to the cutoffs, two hours and 20 minutes. The bike is uh, four hours on the fast end and eight hours on the cutoff in the far end. And the marathon is uh, the faster pros do it in 240, 245, all the way up to six, seven hours. So, I mean, the cutoff time for an Ironman is 17 hours. So, 16, 59, 59 is the last chance you can cross the finish line or you, they shut the finish line off. You didn't finish. 16 hours of active movement through the day. Active movement, not stopping. It's eating and drinking. It's all that stuff too. But what people don't realize is, and I've talked to, I've I've worked with athletes. I've been uh, coaching for, I guess, about almost eight years now. And when working with athletes, you know, we say this and you sit here and you go, oh my God, that's huge. But if you chunk it up like any other goal, right? And it's funny because when somebody's going to do their first Ironman, the typical first thing they'll say is, I don't know if I can run a marathon after that bike. Well, I'll tell you right now, having done a couple of them and having experienced probably another 50 with athletes, coaching them and being there, it's one mile. It's a one mile repeat. You come off the bike, you're not going, all right, let's run a marathon. You come off the bike going, my God, let's get to the first aid station. Let's go one mile. Let's mm-hmm. assess assess the battle damage and we'll move on from there. And so wow. for me, that's the beauty of it because it doesn't matter what your goal is. Your goal could be, it could be anything. It could be to quit smoking. It could be to walk more. It could be to spend more time with your family. As long as you have a goal that has a way to be measured. Mm, measurable goal. You can then take that measurement, simple math. I don't care if you do this new age crazy math that kids are learning <laughs> or our old school math. Either oh way, gosh. the math will get you there and you just take it and just take bite-sized pieces of it. That's how you eat an elephant. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. Right? Doesn't matter the size of the elephant. Elephant could be a baby or it could be a huge, huge elephant. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's the beauty of the Ironman to me is, um, and I speak from a position of having done several. Mm-hmm. I know what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do it. And it sounds crazy. I get it. And there's going to be people watching this going, yeah, this dude right here is he's lost his mind out there on the Ironman course, but anybody can do it. It's because you take those goals, preparation, dedication, execution, doesn't matter what your goal is. And that's all an Ironman is. It's, it's just, it's just a really large goal. You know what fascinates me is um, watching the YouTube replays mm-hmm. of some of the most amazing Ironman finishers. And although you look at the younger ones and you're impressed, but what really gets me is Ages, that shapes, man, sizes, the sizes of the people that finish these things, the age 80 year olds. I mean, and they're falling, literally falling so across that finish line. Ironman, but that's impressive. Ironman Florida in November, the first person to ever finish an Ironman who has Down syndrome. <gasps> That's amazing. Barriers are meant to be broken. Y'all hear that? 
They are absolutely and I, I'd not say boundaries, that, barriers, no, barriers, mental are barriers, to be broken, and and, the thing and is, physical. The thing is, is that people don't realize that you know they 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 talk about what they've done. Everybody likes to do the Uncle Rico, right? The mm. old man back in high school, yeah. throw that pass yeah. eighty yards. You know, we love to do that. Back in the day, but what people don't realize is is that those PRs, whether it's financial or business or family or sport or exercise mm-hmm. or whatever, those PRs, they're just they're just placeholders. They're mm-hmm. not a definite carved in stone thing. So find whatever your record is. Maybe it's that you save fifteen hundred dollars in a month. Next month, make it your goal to save fifteen hundred and one dollars because you know what? Reset that record. That's wow. what people don't understand when they go to set goals is they think that they have to do an Ironman, right? They think that they need to be, you know, and, and let's not even get on the fact of setting poor goals or not understanding how to set goals. Mm-hmm. They're completely guaranteed from the word go. I, I promise you, anybody listen to this, I would dare say 90% of people that are going to listen to this set crappy goals. I agree. And I'm going to say it straight up. I say it all the time because people, one, they're scared, but they don't understand how to set it. The way you set a goal can impact whether or not that goal is actually attainable. Okay. It is attainable. Mm-hmm. Every goal you set is attainable. It just depends on, did you set the right time frame? Mm-hmm. Do you have the right pieces in place to make the sacrifices? Do you have the dedication? Do you have the preparation? Mm-hmm. Every goal can be attained. Some are longer, some are shorter, mm-hmm. but it's a matter of how do you set that goal on the path to get there that will actually ensure that you get the goal. So what's your first piece of advice to somebody? Let's say somebody right now out there is like, what's this Iron Man thing? And maybe not even an Ironman. Don't maybe do they're <laughs> do it. All right, I'm good. That's I'm not going to do play. it. Um, but some people, like for instance, myself, I I've said this in the past. I'm not. I was not a fan of running at all. But I am a fan of pushing myself to boundaries that piss me off. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Like if I feel like something is, if I can't do it, I'll always try to do it just to prove to myself not not for any other reason than that it's just the competitive nature to myself so let me ask you if you oh Lord, just, you go. if you fall just a bit <laughs> short of that though is that a failure not to me right it's okay. not so a lot of people it is that's why i ask because no. sometimes it's we'll set this goal and we fall just short even though it's 10 steps further than we've ever been yeah i didn't but i didn't get that and so you feel yeah, like a yeah. failure you have all those negative yeah. feelings and a lot of it goes back to some people have never really faced rejection in their life yeah. and they don't know how to handle it and so in my case, I mean, I've had a rocky road. So and, I'm a champion you know, loser. <laughs> <laughs> and also being in sales for 20 years in corporate America and, you know, there's a whole nother level of meeting goals and failing. Right. Yeah. And so you learn how to adjust and find the opportunity and to keep going. But when it comes to the physical aspect of this, which you and I chatted about and some of the listeners may know this, but. I get criticized a lot by people who feel that I shouldn't be um, exercising as much or that I'm thin, that I'm not overweight. And why are you watching carbs? And for me, it always was health reasons, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I had high blood pressure at 23 years old. um, And that was a long time ago. I won't tell you how long ago, but for me, that was a really important impacting because the first eight years of knowing I had high blood pressure, I did nothing about it. I didn't care. I just, I was in denial and it was because I didn't understand the gravity of what was happening to my body. Right. And it wasn't until a really good friend of mine, her name is Lori um, Lourdes. She, um, shout out, shout out <laughs> sis. 
she um, was um, a nurse or a medical assistant. I can't remember at the time, but she worked with a lot of dialysis patients. And she said, Crystal, if you don't get that under control, it doesn't matter how thin you are and it doesn't matter how young you are, you're going to end up on dialysis. And that is what shocked me. And then one of my aunts is on dialysis now and she always had kidney issues and high blood pressure. And then another one of my aunts who, interestingly enough, I was doing some research I'm just like Reese Google research. She's a researcher. Google. She's actually a doctor. <laughs> you guys don't know that yet. <laughs> I'm a Google doctor. Um, another one of my aunts, uh, both of these are from my dad's side. Um, she died of cirrhosis of the liver. Yep. Never drank. So that, when you start researching that, it comes from high carb diets. It comes from the pesticides and the herbicides in our food. And it comes from lack of exercise like all those things can be reversed so with all that being said health is so important one if you want to live to run a 5k like start there right like what are some small measurable goals because again i started with that let me get a few 5ks under my belt now abby's got six 5ks and now and like a four miler under her belt all by the time so let's let's look at let's i want to take a step back and address what we said a minute ago okay um you know people tell you you exercise too much and all this stuff First things first, and because it's 2020, I can say this. Tell Karen that she needs to keep watering her lawn. That's my mom's name. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, that's even better. Uh, tell the Karens of the world. Yeah, we know what Karens mean, not my mom. You, mom, but you yeah. have to remember that people's opinion of you is just that. It's theirs. It's not yours. It's so theirs. Don't, don't take that from them. Don't be selfish and take that from them and make it your own. Right? Yeah. That's a that's a big thing that people deal with. But, you know, I don't even like to look at miles. I like to look at just activity. Because mm-hmm. what happens is I get so jaded that, you know, at one point in time, this is going to sound absolutely absurd. At one point in time, probably three summers ago, um, I told my wife, you know, she wanted to go for a bike ride, mm-hmm. which thankfully we get to spend a lot of time exercising together. It's kind of our time, our, our place. And and so uh, I told her, I was like, well, I'm not going to ride my bike if it's less than 100 miles. You said that? I did. And, oh, and no, I Jesus. rode, I think, 600 miles back to back or whatever. But I was so jaded to the fact of, why am I going to go do 20 miles? I don't even get the joke. is I don't even put my kid on to go 20 miles. Right. But that's how jaded you get with where you're at. And so it's good to always step back. And I work with athletes all the way from someone who's wanting to to hike more, to be able to hike in the mountains more. Somebody wanting to lose weight to to I had an athlete call me today and said he wanted to run a half marathon in an hour and five minutes in February. Right. So he's an elite level athlete. So I work with the full gamut. We have 11 coaches that work with a wide range. We got about over 100 people in our organization. And the thing is, is that I don't even look in terms of miles. I look in terms of can you increase activity? One thing, COVID has absolutely screwed up a lot of stuff. It has. But one thing, the bike industry is back. The bike, you cannot buy a bike right now because everyone yeah, goes, you know right. what? I'm stuck in my house and that's right. I'm going to murder my kids <laughs> if I don't do something. And then they go, well, go ride a bike. And so they yeah. ride the bike with flat tires and these big handlebars, all this crazy stuff, dry rotted tires. And they're like, it's kind of like being a kid. Like that yeah, was fun. That was. And so, so thankfully that industry is back. But what's happened is people have gotten more active. And so even in my own neighborhood, I see more people walking. I'm like, you live in my neighborhood? I've never seen you before, and I've lived here for six years. And so, so I look at it like, you know, we've got all these smart watches and fancy things now. Just do more steps. Right? Just do it. Just, just do 10,000 steps a day because that's the default on most of the, the GPS-based watches, 10,000 steps a day. If you're hitting that regularly or you're hitting that several times a week, make it 12,000. You know what? Saturdays, Saturdays are a big day because you know that, you know what? I like to eat and drink Saturday night. 15,000 steps on Saturday before you should start enjoying life. So that's your, so that's your, your method, I guess, to help 
those who have maybe have never even they want to, but they're afraid they don't know how to. So they look at people on Instagram. They look at others. It's intimidating. It is intimidating, intimidating. when you've never done it and you don't know what it feels like. And it hurts. Yeah. Like you start walking that. I remember when I first started running. Because You'll be sore from walking. That is a not a it, joke. It, so Joel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, this Joel. Hi, Joel. Love you, Joel. Shout out, Joel. Love you, buddy. Um, he's been walking around the neighborhood with a tire. You know, we're hitting one of the tire. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Somebody in front of me. That tire changes lives. I was driving in my neighborhood. I'm like, who is this guy walking the with a tire? Yeah, yeah. But that's part of him pushing himself to that level. Yeah. And Joel's in his 50s. Yeah. Somewhere right there, the these, young 50s, these, right? Yeah, knees are a little banged up, and you know, running yeah. hurts a little more than it used to. But Joel's the type of guy that there's not a you can't, you shouldn't, don't do that in Joel. Joel's, and a lot of Joel is phenomenal. Him. But he started somewhere. Joel weighed over 300 pounds, and you look at him now. He's an Iron Man. I mean, he is such an inspiration. Yeah. We love that guy. He's he's family to us. Big teddy bear makes oh, a mean pot of crawfish. <laughs> oh, Joel. Come at me, bro. Joel. So. We love you, Joel. Yeah. Um, he's phenomenal. And for me, I look at people like him as an inspiration because they're in their 50s. And even though he can't run, like he'll come. He's like, you went on a run. Why didn't you tell me? I'm like, I can't keep up with you, Joel. You have daddy long legs and I've got like really short legs. So the, the funny part is, and, and, you know, we're talking, Joel was an athlete that was super avid, loved triathlon, loved endurance, loved the community more than anything. So he mm -hmm. found his niche. He found where he belonged. Mm -hmm. um, but Joel's no different than anybody out there, right? We're talking highly about him. I'm no different than anybody out there. Joel went and had knee surgery. So he goes from being this super fit guy who's always active, can do anything. There's nothing that that man can't do to, all right, Joel, let's just try to walk to the mailbox today. Wow. Right. And people don't realize that just because you see somebody that and, and they're on this pedestal, as we all know, you see these people that are beautiful and they have all these things and they got rough days. I've had a, I've had a really rough past three or four months, full transparency. And it's it's due to kind of all, all the situations finally caught up with me. And but but taking back to the fitness is, is you look at Joel and sure, he's somebody we aspire to be like, mm -hmm. but Joel's no different. Right. Yeah, Joel has he his, has demons. his demons. Exactly. He has his, but, but he realizes that he has to do that. That is his outlet. His yeah. movement, his activity, his engagement is what keeps him tied into the community that he loves and loves him. And it keeps him it keeps him mentally fed. Mm. You know, and I think that's the key. I don't care how far you run. I don't care how fast you run. I don't care how far you ride your bike. If you like swimming, hiking, I don't care what you do. Dragging a tire. If you're into that kind of psycho <laughs> stuff. I don't care what you do. Do something. Yeah. That's the key. Do, do something. something. So, so tell me what, give me a story about maybe one of the athletes that you guys have coached that may have started from nothing and where they are today with those simple, easy to get to goals. Honest Scott, it's basically everybody. Mm. There are very few that, that I have worked with in my eight years that, that come from an athletic background, a sport specific that come from being a runner, being a swimmer. You know, there are a few in there. Um, you know, but for the most part, what happens is the normal process is, is, is as a kid, we're involved in sports. Our kids put us in that, our, our kids, our parents put us into mm -hmm. sports or some type of community environment. And we, we find that if you, it, uh, Sebastian Younger wrote a book called Tribe. It mm -hmm. talks about our innate as a, as a species, mm -hmm. our innate desires to be amongst pods of people, 30 to 50 is where it started. Think back to, to caveman days. Okay. And so our, our innate desires to be around people, even if you're an introvert, there's still a desire to have mm -hmm. a smaller pot of people, right? People like us, we want a hundred people because we just <laughs> love people. Yeah, that's our element. <laughs> and COVID has been rough on us huggers in life. But oh my um, gosh. 
uh, you know, are we, are we, what are we right? doing? Like, what know? are we doing? Bumping? <laughs> and so, um, so you look at it from that perspective and as a, as kids, we get put into that. We become part of a team. We become a cog in the wheel. Let's so even it. in kindergarten, you show up to kindergarten yeah. and you're friends with everybody yeah. right got off the, the bat. This is my table. Yeah. These are my, this is my center's group, you know, <laughs> and uh, our music class. And so to take that a step further is that humans as a species need a job, hmm. right? And that's why I think COVID is really, there's some psychological fallout from a general perspective because yeah. people lost their job. They lost their purpose. They lost their reason, yeah. right? The, the strong male figure that the world has always said, you got to be the provider is lost their job. They are. Man, yeah. boom. Yeah. Psycho. It's an identity. Yeah. Breaking right there for so many of women us. that love their so children many. are stuck with their kids teaching them every single day. This is the generation that almost didn't happen. There's a lot <laughs> of kids could have disappeared in this generation, but um, and so we need a purpose, mm-hmm. right? So we need a pod and we need a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so as a kid, we get put into this. And so we go through life and you go through sports and athletics, and then you get into high school. Mm-hmm. For me, high school was very brief, very small experience. And joined the military. That's my pod, that's my people. Mm-hmm. And that happened when I was 17 years old when I joined. And, and that's, a, I think, a key uh, one of the key points in time of development of, of the brain when it comes to emotions and when it comes to uh, who you're going to be. It's To me, it's my theory. And so what happens is we go through and, you know, and then we go to college and we join sororities and fraternities and groups and clubs and this and that. Then you get out and you go in the workforce and you join your workplace, right? So not just athletes. Think about it on a global perspective is that everyone wants to be a part of something. That's right. And that's what I've noticed with a lot of these athletes. They'll, they'll go through life. And you know what? They've had some kids, maybe that. And, and triathlon is an expensive sport. Yeah. I say it's it's a white collar sport that requires blue collar work ethic. Ooh, okay, so you got to be willing to, to bust it. You got to be willing to work hard. You will make those sacrifices. You got to have a support structure for those things. But it's expensive. Bikes are not cheap, as you know. Yeah, you know all that stuff's expensive. And so so what happens is is we get into this kind of older state, and maybe we gain a little bit of weight, and we go. That's how I got into it. I didn't just I fell into it. I wanted to go for a run. I went for a run. It was not what my run used to be. And I'm like, well, this sucks. Wait, so you weren't Forrest Gump. You just took off and it was uh, like across the country in one day. <laughs> truth be told, I strongly loathe running. Truth be told. Um, I feel you. I know uh, many of us hate I, it. I do it because it's, it's a, a lot necessary to be learned. Evil. It's a lot to be learned running. But um, anyway, I digress. So, But you, you, you become an adult and then you get into the sports. There's very few that actually – kind of follow sport path through life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of the ebbs and flows in and out of sports. So a lot of the people, I don't have, I went on a long tangent there, but I don't have one person I can think of because it's basically almost everybody I've ever worked with. Yeah. Everybody's there for a different reason. That's true. And I sometimes mean, the reason you come for isn't the reason you stay for. Oh. Right. So sometimes you come for this reason. I want to, I want to do an Ironman mm-hmm. or I want to run a 5k at this pace, or I want to lose some weight. And then you get to that goal. Right. So if you think about it, every time we have a goal, right. And, and think about it like a mountain. I usually have a nice little cool drawing. I do think about it like a mountain and you go and you kind of hit these plateaus and you go up and you finally get to the peak and you're looking around and you're like, look, Ma, I made it right. I'm here. And so it never fails. You get there and you look around and you're like, this is cool. And you go, well, what's up there? There's something else. It's another peak. Need to get, yeah. Right. But to get to that peak, you got to go down the valley. Mm. You got to, you got to, you got to give up whatever you've earned. And start again. And start again, right? So that's what I'm saying. Sometimes, I think often, whatever you arrive into a scene, a situation uh, it, with the anticipation of, that may not be the real goal. Interesting. That may not be what really keeps you there. So a lot of the athletes that come in, they come in and they want to do this. I want to get fit. I want to do this and this. And they're serious for the first year, year and a half. Um, but for the most part, they invariably stay for the people, the pod. 
right? And the development of community, the sense of belonging, yeah. that keeps their motivation level. So it's a, it's a two-way street because when they're feeling good, they feed the group. That's true. When the group need, when they need the group, the group's there to feed them. And that's that can also be translated to corporate America, to business world, to entrepreneurship. Um, something that you know I talked a little bit about with this last um, group of mine, one of the companies I'm talking to, is creating a dream team. And a lot of the times, entrepreneurs will look at life and say, "I'm I'm going to hire you. You're going to do this task, and if you want to be a manager or supervisor, you're going to do this." But Great leadership and people in life usually understand the fact that in order to get to the top, to Mount Everest, you can't do it alone. And most people go into business, right, because they want to get to the top. But then they have a really shocking reality. Well, I can't get there. It's just like that athlete or that, you know, salesperson or that professional that looks up at Mount Everest, whatever that massive goal is, right? How do you get to Mount Everest? You have to find the team that's been there, someone who's already done it, and you have to go with someone else. You Otherwise, you'll of die. Passports, all this stuff. Yes. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of other things. There's a lot of logistics in there, but it was simplified. But let's not worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, details. <laughs> totally details. But the beauty is, is that once you do reach that peak, you don't want to be there alone. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and that's one of the things that we talk about is, why a dream team? And that dream team can be like you say, people join a cause or they stay for the community. You stay for the the motivation. And the it's just like church to me. Like for years, I went to the same church and they became my family. family. Yeah, They really become your family. They become closer than family. I mean, there are people that carry the weight for you sometimes that know your deepest struggles. Yep. Some, not all. But I think that that is such a beautiful thing when we can get past that fear, fear of progress and fear of failure yep. and say, I'm going to call mental mastery. I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to just send somebody a message. I see them working out. I see them running. I see them just starting. Never tell someone they're not doing good on, on their running pace, right? Because right. that's not going to motivate them. And it takes work, whether you're Running, running slow <laughs> or running fast, it's work. It all hurts. It all hurts. I mean, it's trust me, I don't do it. But I will say this. It's not been my favorite, um, but I'm learning to love it. Yeah. I feel like I am because when you get out there, um, I said this on my birthday a few weeks ago, I'm getting older and no, it doesn't. It's, it, it's not easier the older you get, but it gets easier the more we do it, right? Yep. You just have to start somewhere. Yep. Don't make a huge goal of an Ironman. But like you said, if that's a goal. Figure out how to chop it up. Chop that sucker up. Yeah. yeah. Like Becca. I wanna, I wanna, oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Becca, shout out. Shout out. We're so, dropping all kinds of shout outs today. I want to I spin a concept to you uh, to kind of go with what you're saying. So uh, if you think about it, you know, I am I'm a, a journey, not a destination kind of guy. Right. You're so, a, a journey, not I'm a journey, mm -hmm. not a destination. Kind OK, of OK. Journey. So not like, a like, for example, gotcha. Mount Whitney thing you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. I got top of Mount Whitney. It was let down full, full transparency. You were like, this is boring. The view is like <laughs> eh, I signed a little book and we left out of there. Right. The process to get there. Mm -hmm. That's what I remember. Process coming back down. That's what I remember. The time on top. It was very underwhelming. And so I think that I think there are two, two type of people in life, those that seek the journey 
and theirs will seek the destination. What's the difference? What do you think is the difference between the two? I honestly, I think there's a lot of people that seek the journey more than they know. They think the destination is where they want to be, but when they get there, it's not quite what they thought it was going to be mm -hmm. because because the innate ability of a of human's brain is to never really be satisfied. That's right. You look up to that next peak and you go, let's get after it. Right? We're created to want more. Absolutely. A hundred percent. We were created. So if you're sitting there thinking I'm not competitive, I challenge that. Get out of here. I challenge that. Get out that. of here with that mess. Right? Uh, actually, you have a comment right there. Somebody's oh, telling you they're not competitive. See. Let's yeah, see. Right Let's look at the comments. People are starting to comment in. Oh, Joel, oh, Joel Jones. Jones. Yes, Joel Jones. <laughs> That's Joel. That's the Joel we're talking about. And so, um, so, so I'm going to spin this to you though. Is that when you get to the top? Okay. Okay. And this is for your for your business people or anybody really. The top is absolutely the hardest piece of ground to defend and to stay on, because it is the least amount of real estate available. Mm. Okay. It is the only place in the world where everyone is gunning for you. Okay. So let's talk, let's talk entrepreneurs. Let's okay. talk business people. Let's do okay. It. So when you get to that top, you own that business, you're standing on that peak, right? On that, and that, and I always think about the mountain, that mountain peaks about that big. Mm -hmm. It's the smallest piece of real estate of the entire 10 miles it took you to get there. Smallest piece of ground you can stand on. It's the only spot where everyone's looking up saying, I want to be there. That's so true. You can be halfway up that mountain. You've got half the people in front of you that you're gunning for, and you got half the people behind you that they're gunning for you. Mm -hmm. Right? It's the only place where everybody wants what you have. So I always I do the 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 line in the mountain is kind of how I like to spin it. And if you think about it, when you get to the top of that mountain, and the 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 when you arrive there, I visualize lions that just have these scarred up, beat up faces. I love that. Okay, I figured you would. I and so love you get that. there, they have these scarred up, beat up faces because they battle. That's right. Those are your ballers. Those are the ones that are, they're going to go, they're going to die on that peak before they'll ever take a step back down the path. Mm, okay? That is deep y'all. And so, and so That's my lioness is, and so there's, there's the banged up ones up there, right? Yeah. Along the way, you've got the younger ones that are going, you know what? I want to be there. I want to be there. I want to be there. They want to get to the top and challenge. So if you look at it from business right now, the businesses that are currently still thriving, those are scarred up lions because it has been busted year brutal right brutal but they're the ones that are there they're they're relentless in their in their desire to stay there that's mm -hmm. how bad they want it. they're willing to die there yeah right and so for me uh that that visualization always reminds me that no matter what that top is hard to hold we aspire to be there which is why i think there are more people because once you once you achieve this iron man then what then what the, the I, I wrote a piece on the post iron man depression it is a real deal thing. When you finish that because your sense of purpose is gone, the day after an Ironman, you are the most fit. You will probably have ever been or at least have been in the last year. You're also the most fatigued from a physiological level. You're the most banged up. You couldn't go for a mile run if you wanted to. Fitness-wise, man, you are fit. You could run 30 miles if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. It takes about a, a month to, to, to four to six weeks to flush that out of your system, mostly physiologically, wow. if not a little longer, sometimes 60, 70 days. Um, and so the thing is, though, is when you get there, it's gone. Then what? That's been your identity for six months. So that is so interesting that you even said that. And I and this is personal. But for me, when I started transitioning to doing more endurance type things, cycling, you know, running and then half marathon, 
I decided in that half marathon, I don't want to run a full marathon. Like I just don't want to, I've been there, done, not been there, done that. Stupid if I hadn't said that yet. (laughs) But that is, I'll do it. But I, but I've just told myself, like, I don't think I want to put my body under, I don't have to prove that. But that's because I had an outlet where I was crushing and killing it, which was in my corporate years, right? I was getting the accolades. I was getting, you know, national recognition. You got wins coming in. I did. And so I had that to fall back on. And so where that became something, I guess, that pulled for me was a a friend, an acquaintance, we'll say, um, years, years back, um, was a triathlete and, you know, had aspirations of an Ironman. And I'm, and I would always, the question that goes through my mind is, but then what? Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of the times for me, this is very vulnerable for me to come out and just say it like that. Sometimes that question of, and then what? So I get there and then what? Yeah. That's, that is our own self-sabotage, my own self-sabotage. To, so why push I, forward to that? Exactly. I got nothing. I'm going to get there. And then what? Because, because we're designed to always want to strive for the next thing. Naturally, more money, a bigger job, the promotion, the bigger house, the bigger car. Once you have the car, then you want the yacht. You got the yacht, then you want the house and you want the vacation home. And it's never enough. Right. And then you see people who are crushing these dreams. Like you said, dealing with identity issues, dealing with depression because they've made their way there. It's totally, but because they have, and this is transitioning a little bit, but we have placed our identity in, like you said, reaching that goal yeah. when it should be dual. It should be, yeah, you found yourself. You can do all these things and you've mastered that. And in leadership and in corporate America, what do you do once you've gotten there? Bring someone else with you. That's how we, yeah. you know, coach people to get out of that depression. Because a pack of lion defends the top of mountain. Better than just one, right? (laughs) And that's the beauty of growth. As I heard um, John Maxwell say one time, he'd sold a million books. He'd been to 50 countries, whatever. He'd reached it all. And you get there to the top and it's like, then what? Yeah. Let me help someone else come, right? So I'm not coming up there. (laughs) It's lonely up there. The top top is lonely. The top is lonely. lonely. You want to take people with you. You want to build people. You want to teach people what you know. That's a legacy. That's that's really, I believe, taking that power, that essence, that grit, that those battle scars yep. and helping somebody thrive off those battle scars, 100%, right? 100%. So tell me more about what it is that you do with that person. Because like you said, once you get there, it's like, then what? Yeah. Then what, right? And it's always, it's always important. I mean, in our homes, we have smoke detectors and fire extinguishers. Mm-hmm. Your house ever caught on fire? No, Outside praise of, God. No. Right? Mm-hmm. Mine hadn't either, so we're over two, right? But we have those just in case. Just in case. We have yeah. those. We have those to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same thing with goal setting. You want to have a goal after the goal, mm. right? You want to have something, and it could be something completely not related. Because what happens? What happens when you lose that ten pounds you say you're going to lose? Then what? Put them back on, and then lose them again. Game on. Like my body knows how to get rid of them. Reasoning, yeah. Yeah, and so and so then you go, okay, well I want to lose ten pounds. And then I want to, you know, buy myself a new outfit. Mm-hmm. That's your next goal because make an extravagant outfit where you got to have money for it. And you got to save money for it. Mm-hmm. But you've already moved in that direction. So what happens is you kind of get in this, this, um, it's like a toilet bowl effect almost, or like a tidal effect in the in the Gulf of like, 
water coming in, water going out. So yeah. it's like lose the weight, gain the weight, lose the weight, feel great, gain a little bit of weight, feel terrible, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I promise you the magnetic pool of the negative thoughts always trump the magnetic pool of the positive thoughts. Boom. Say that again. The magnetic pool of the negative thoughts always draws you stronger than the magnetic pool of the positive thoughts. And so when you give yourself the opportunity and yeah. you let go of that magnet, it's going to the negative side almost all the time. Tell me why that is. Why do you think that is? Because it is almost, it, it, I feel like especially these days, people are hungry to consume motivation. Yep. It's hard for them to look in the mirror and motivate themselves, yep. right? I, I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. But we get motivated by seeing somebody else do something. We get motivated by hearing somebody tell us we can do it. You know why? Why? Because they're scared. Scared oh, to do it for themselves. The I mean, and here we are, right? It's just circular one big circle. reasoning. Yeah. yeah. But the you know the thing is is that the reason that, that happens is because path of least resistance. It's easier to look in the mirror and point out every flaw you have on your body. And humans, females specifically, are the worst about this. Mm -hmm. I get on my wife all the time. She looks in the mirror and I said, I always tell her, I say, one day you will see yourself as beautiful as I see you. Wow. When that happens, there's nothing that can stop you. But we're always very critical of ourselves, yeah. very particular of ourselves. And I use that example of women because they do look in the mirror and they go, yeah. yeah. You know, men are like, yeah. oh, you like beer? I like beer, we're friends, you know? <laughs> and so, but like but, the products in my restroom, I literally counted mine last night. There's like 12. Yeah. And my husband has. One. Right. Like one thing we are simple creatures. <laughs> Fetus, houses, and pedis. That's it. That's it. Um, take us out for the bathroom occasionally. But um, but no, in all seriousness, like it's it's because we have so easy access to everything that tells us what we should be. Right? Y'all hear that? Everything we, that tells us what we should be. At your fingertip. Right? What you should you remember be. Remember back in the day, go back with me here. Let's all right, let's go in, back. insert the little daydream sound. Uh, back in the day, in order to learn about anything that would impact us emotionally outside of our trusted pod, our home, our family, we had to wait for the newspaper or the nightly news. Yeah. Or this in is my case, Full House every full house. Friday night yes. at 7.30. Family Matters. Family Matters, TGIF. Y'all, <laughs> yep, yep. I'm dating myself. But if yep. my dad wasn't home from work so that I could meet that next episode, I was... Yeah. Having a fit. So and yeah. So the only so it was a much longer delay between our judgment periods. Mm -hmm. Right now, I can pull your phone up and I can find two things based on looking at what other people have or are showing that make me not good enough. That's true. I mean, that quick in the as quick as your phone can process. Yeah. You can find something to remind you you suck. You can find something to remind you of your fat. You can find something to remind you of your stupid. Yeah. Find, you can find something at the end of the day that reminds you that you're not good enough. And, you know, it's interesting you say that because on Becoming a Lioness, you know, we have group meetings. We haven't had one in about two months on purpose. But COVID. COVID. <laughs> no. Yes and no. But my point is, is that a lot of the times there's people out there, and you and I touched on this, who watch in the back and they think, I could never be like that person. Yep. But it's because a lot of the times so many of us put on a facade or for social media reasons, we fear you only see that perfect picture of the see. apple I just ate. Yes. It's the only picture you see the perfect lighting, perfect filter, that perfect filter, that perfect pose where someone looks thin where, or, or they look like they have it all together. 
And that is one of the things that I love to encourage when we do have these meetings is come as you are because so many, and I know we say that it's super cliche and it's annoying, but a lot of the times when we go into, you know, I'm going to join this group or I'm going to go, or sometimes people don't join gyms because of fear, fear of rejection, fear of not fitting in. Um, Take some courage, go to the gym. I mean, like when I started kickboxing, I just knew I like to throw a punch, you know, <laughs> she goes to kickboxing <laughs> and now we've stepped it up. Now I'm at the UFC gym and my, Oh my God, my shins are terrible. Shout out UFC gym. Um, <laughs> but my Send point, my bill for ads. Right. Ad drop. No, I'm kidding. I love them by the way. They're phenomenal. Um, the point to that is if you're sitting at home and you're looking at somebody online or you're looking at an Ironman and they look like they're the epitome, don't measure yourself against that measure where you want to be and ask somebody, how did you get there? That is one of the tips that I always give people in, in the RE source in our, in our business, or even in becoming a lioness with people, how do I get there? Find somebody who's done it and ask them just one person. And then if, if you're afraid to get around too many people, trust me, eventually it'll feel better once well, you break through and you get in front of them. And, and here's the other piece kind of in addition to that is always remember, that no matter where you're at in the ladder of life, there's always somebody below you looking up. Mm. Always. Always. I don't care if you're overweight. I don't care if you failed with the last four attempts you've done at something. I don't care if you just lost your job. There's always somebody looking up. Yeah. Always, always. So if nothing else, instead of hopping on YouTube and pulling up this crap motivation that's out there, which I subscribe to and I present. <laughs> so there's that. Um, find a way to use that as motivation. If that's your, if that's your thing, like yeah. for me, I know that if I, if I let someone down, that's a motivator to push harder. Mm-hmm. I know that's my fuel. You have to know your fuel source, mm-hmm. right? You have to know your fuel source. You have to know your fuel source. A lot of people don't even know. Or they think it's this, they think it's money. They think they're driven by money. They get the promotion still unhappy. And they're still not happy. So it's not money. Oh, but it's pleasing daddy who never gave them. There we go. Appreciation or never gave them words of encouragement. Or maybe they're scared to actually discover it. Or scared. But Fear. always remember you're you're never top of the rung, you're never bottom of the rung. That's right. There's always and in, in the United States of America, we feel like we're bottom of the rung and we are way above the three quarter line. Yeah. Right. But we always want to think we've got it so bad, we got it so rough. And at the end of the day, there's always gonna be somebody looking up going, Man, I want to be where they're at. And don't judge, right? Like that's one of my biggest things is don't look at somebody and say, I could never be there or how do they do it? And just stay quiet. Ask them, you know, and most people are vulnerable and will tell you. Do you know, so I sent you, you asked for the videos prior to this. You know why I sent you those two? (laughs) Tell me. me I could not find the camera on my phone. So I'm recording these two short clips just as a preview of coming out here to hang out. And I could not find the camera and I went to play it back and I'm like, I'm looking over here. And my camera's over here. And so my wife gives me a hard time. We'll take pictures. I'm always looking the opposite direction. <laughs> I sent that because that forces me to practice vulnerability. Yeah. Did it matter? No. Did it make you laugh? Maybe. But at the end of the day, that forces me to accept that, hey, I'm not flawless. None of right? us are. And so when I find the humor in that, when I find the, the ability to go, this is me, Yeah. then I find that more people that I am trying to help reach and help get that way, they are more likely to go, that's me. And they start showing who they really are. I'm not talking on social media. I'm talking in real life. They're more vulnerable with their relationships mm-hmm. and more vulnerable in, in their opportunities. So let me ask you this. I have two questions for you. Okay. I have one answer. <laughs> what is your roar? What is what helps you wake up in the morning and keep pushing 
I know what mine is because we do almost the same thing in different yeah. arenas. But what makes you want to help people it, master it's because their mentalness? I screwed away a lot of my life uh, early on, uh, making terrible decisions, not being a good person in general. Um, and, and I've learned that I finally have accepted that my gift to the world is what I used to use as my tool. So I used to use my gift of communication mm -hmm. to access anything I wanted to access anybody, mm -hmm. anywhere, anytime. Right. I have that ability mm -hmm. can be called manipulation if used improperly. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I had that ability and I finally came to the point to where I understood that that's actually my gift to the world. And so for me, it's a disservice if I die, whenever I die, if I don't do everything I can to maximize the exposure of that gift, mm -hmm. I don't talk or hear myself talk. I hate hearing my voice. I hate seeing myself on camera, but that is a vehicle for delivery of my gift mm -hmm. to some people. And so for me, that's absolutely a thousand percent it. Like without a doubt, utilization of my communication to take, I can take one point and I can make it effectively understood by five or eight people. That to me, that's my high. That's my drug. That's your drug. That's my drug. To yeah. see other people succeed. Yeah. It, get is them to, to their goals. It's to watch other people when that light bulb clicks on. I've watched a, an empty house for months in people. And all of a sudden, you'll see a light click on and go right back off. And you're like, whoa, what, what was that? Yeah. There is electricity in this house. Let's, let's go back to that. So for me, that's absolutely it. I love that. I can relate to that. And so... Yeah. So what would you say if someone came to you or me, I'm running asking stupid. you oh. <laughs> <laughs> running stupid. We hate running, yeah. but we do it we and do torture it anyway. ourselves, yeah. you know, do it anyway. Um, what does the meaning release your roar mean to you? I think it's, I think it's maximizing your superpower. I think oh. it's, I quote, think it's quote. Yeah. <laughs> quote that one. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's absolutely taking advantage of the gift that you have or the gifts that you have for the betterment of another person. I love that. You know, not, not because at the end of the day, if you give relentlessly, you will absolutely be taken advantage of in your life. You will that's, at some point. That's a okay? fact. But if you give relentlessly and make smart decisions on who you allow in your circle and allow yourself to be vulnerable, you have to be vulnerable to give, right? You have to yeah. be, you have to be willing to give to not receive. You but you have to understand that if you do your homework and you have the right people surrounding you in your life, that you can give all the time and the risk is very, very low. Mm -hmm. So I think that that um, to answer your question, it's absolutely making sure that you maximize the, the gift that you're given and the time that you have. Your superpower. I love that. Okay. In closing. My quote, not your quote. <laughs> I love it. And we're, the, the thing is, is people don't understand. We're the same vein. Yeah. Right. Totally. We're very we similar same. thought processes. I have mental mastery. She has release yeah. your and, and it's, it's very similar things, very similar yeah. thought processes delivered a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, a lot of stuff she's saying, I'm sitting here going, yeah, I've been saying that. <laughs> I get it. Yep. I, to me, it really is about, um, it's that call to action. Yeah. It's to get people because I have so much faith in others. And when I see the potential in them, as others have seen in me, sometimes we limit ourselves with our own beliefs or circumstances in life or, or a, a job badly done by unprepared parents who are, who are doing the best they can. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times I know that people have a superpower inside and it really it just it makes me so happy and it is my high to see people it's like a kid like my daughter learning to yeah. 
roller skate. Like, I knew you could do it. And, and then you do it. And then you see that light up in their eyes. Like, I did it, you yeah. know. And for me, it really is something to be there for people and help them see themselves the way they were created to be limitless, to have a superpower. Everybody has that. No one's, no one's a mistake. I mean, that to me is what is really what sets my heart on fire and why I do what I do and why I wanted you to come on because you, like you said, you were cut from the same cloth and you're empowering people to reach physical limits, but that translates to their emotions and their heart and their identity because they discovered things about themselves yep. that they probably didn't know. And right. that is something that I love and I will always stand behind, always. And I, I think that you and I are, we're, we're light seekers. Like yes. we can see the light in other people that they can't yes. see. And, and some people we can help turn those lights on, some people we can't. Some yeah. people just aren't in the place for that. Yeah. And that for me is probably the most frustrating thing. You know, I have the, the mind right endurance. We do the, the coaching and all that stuff. And, and that has led me to mental mastery because that's just a small subset of human beings. I think it's like 0.0001% of the population is done in Ironman. That's a really small subset mm, that I'm not a reaching a lot of people. tiny niche. Yeah. yeah. And so I, with the mental mastery, that's why I started that company is because I want to, I want to find lights in people who are your stay at home moms that are struggling or that maybe just need to pick me up the, the, the busy CPA, the CEO, you know, all these people, not just people that are seeking endurance goals. Okay. So how do they get in touch with you? Um, you can go to getmymindright.com. Um, okay. That's an easy way. Obviously my name on Facebook will help. Um, we can go to mental mastery on Facebook, on Instagram. I think we're about to start a TikTok, which uh -oh. I'm not super thrilled about that. But I haven't done one yet. I'm just, I hate trends. Yeah, anyway, we won't get there. Um, <laughs> I hate trends. Yeah, and um, uh, but yeah. So, and a lot of the a lot of the content I have is actually on our YouTube channel, which is Mental Mastery. It's hard to find because there's a ton of that on YouTube. Uh, but if you go to our Facebook page or Instagram, you can get access to all that stuff. There's a link tree on Instagram, so they can see awesome. all the links. You know, at, at the end of the day, you know, we talk about a lot of stuff. We got you fired up about a lot of stuff. Hopefully, but preparation, dedication, execution. Preparation, dedication, execution. execution. Those are your three steps. Not execution style. Not preparation age. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing for dedication. But that, I love that. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning yeah, in. Thank awesome. you so much for your Absolutely. time. Time is the most valuable thing. Um, it's my only currency. I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to even sell right now. Hashtag COVID. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, um, let us know your thoughts. Um, reach out to us. You can email me, crystal at arewood, A-R-I-W-O-O-D.us, becomingalioness.org, jeremy at mentalmastery.com. Yep. Getmymindright.com. Getmymindright.com. Yep. Super easy. Getmymindright.com. That's it. If you guys want to be motivated, inspired, need some help, a little push, anything, I encourage you, reach out to him, reach out to me. We're here to help everybody out there. So absolutely. God bless everybody. Thank you all. Till next time. All right. This was another episode of Release Your Roar. Do you know someone who has a story to share? Connect with Crystal at becomingalioness.org. Send us love and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. This was Release Your Roar. Hey!